Let's pray. Heavenly Fathers, show us from the very depth of our being how we desire, how we need a good shepherd. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. The majority of funerals that I have done through the years, it seems that the family almost always chooses Psalm 23. And when I read Psalm 23, people get real quiet. And though they've heard it so many times, still it strikes a chord deep within them. Psalm 23 speaks of a shepherd that brings calm and peace. A shepherd who keeps us safe and secure. A shepherd who quenches our searing thirst with the quiet waters, the living waters, who satisfies our gnawing hunger with himself, the bread of life. Psalm 23 pictures a shepherd who takes care of all of our deepest, most heartfelt needs. And this psalm touches a nerve deep within us. It speaks of a yearning from the depths of our heart and our soul for a shepherd. And this yearning is in all people so much so that we attempt to find a shepherd in some person or some institution. We may look to our spouse or to our parents or to our children to satisfy, to give us a sense of peace and comfort, a sense of belonging, a sense of acceptance a sense that we have value and worth. And incidentally, I, I have promised you I would never get political in the sermons, but I do have to say this. So many people in our country are looking to political leaders to be their shepherd. Let me just tell you at the start, whether they're Republican, Democrat, or Independent, that's a fool's quest. They will never bring you what Psalm 23 is talking about. Well, the second part in the outline is why is the picture of sheep and shepherd so important? Quite simply, without the shepherd, the sheep die. What I was trying to communicate in the children's message is quite simple. Sheep are stupid. You're sheep. Sheep cannot discern plants that are good for them 
from plants that are poisonous. Sheep are helpless and weak. They are easy prey for predators, whether wolves or some other critter. Sheep will follow their own noses to their own destruction. They wander off, they get lost, they have no sense of direction. And you are sheep. Isn't that a glorious picture? Until you realize that without the shepherd, you're gonna die Left to yourself, you're going to make life a mess. You really don't understand what the Good Shepherd is all about. Swallow that whole, your sheep. And sheep are stupid. So, what does the Good Shepherd do for the sheep? Well, I want to backtrack just a bit. There's something in our Bible that has puzzled generations of readers. We know from reading the book of Psalms that they're not arranged chronologically or by author. That after the Jews came back from the Babylonian captivity, they edited the book of Psalms and organized them. And many times you'll see how the Psalms connect. So the question is, why does Psalm 22 precede Psalm 23? Psalm 22 is a complaint psalm. It talks about God forsaking us. It talks about the crowd mocking and jeering. It talks about hands and feet being pierced. Some commentators say that this Psalm of David is a Psalm depicting an execution. And of course, the attentive reader recognizes the opening words of the psalm as Jesus' words from the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Where are you when I need you? It's a devastating complaint psalm. And then it's followed by Psalm 23, a psalm of utmost and ultimate trust. The Lord is my shepherd. Now, some commentators have theorized that the Jews decided that David's complaint psalm was so severe that they needed to balance it out with the greatest psalm of trust. Hmm, that's possible. I have a different theory. I believe it was meant to confuse and puzzle the reader until Jesus comes and in verses 10 and 11 of John 10, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. That's what the good shepherd does. Now, the little word for in English, the, the Greek word is a little more interesting. It means in the place of. I lay down my life 
in the place of the sheep. Those who deserve judgment and wrath and punishment, I'm going to take that. Those who deserve to experience the hell of being forsaken by God, I'm going to go through that. Arthur Conan Doyle, which you know as the author of the Sherlock Holmes stories, once engaged in a cruel jest. He sent an anonymous note to 10 of the most prominent citizens of London, the leading, richest, most powerful citizens of London. And the note was simply, all is known, flee immediately. Guess how many packed their bags and left London? I don't have enough fingers. 12, all 12 of them. There was something in their life they didn't want known. They didn't want exposed to the light of day. Do you realize that Jesus knows you intimately? He not only knows the stupid things I did in high school and college, and boy, there were some real idiotic things I did. He knows my heart. He knows the dark recesses of my thoughts. And yet, he takes my place. On the cross, he takes what I deserve. One commentator put it this way. He said, he knows us to the depths and he loves us to the heavens. That's what the good shepherd does. We are mired in distress and depression and discouragement brought on by our guilt, our shame, our foolish and stupid actions. And remember, you're sheep. It's not like you can say, well, I'm going to do some good things for the shepherd and he'll appreciate that. No, you're sheep. Without the shepherd, you die. Without the shepherd's care, you are not safe or secure. You're not at peace or contentment. You know, I hope we realize how much we need a good shepherd. I just want to show you a couple verses in Psalm 23 that really opened it up for me. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And then down a couple of verses, he says, he restores my soul. He restores my aching heart. He renews me from the inside out. And of course, that final verse, surely his goodness and mercy, his compassion, his grace, his love, his forgiveness. Pursue me 
chased me all the days of my life that I might dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's what the good shepherd has done for you. And real quickly, I want to give you three applications. The first one is relax. Rest. He knows everything you've done. He knows everything you think. And still, he went to the cross for you. He loves you that much. Horace, the, the great lyric poet who lived approximately the same time as Jesus, he once said, in this life, I have seldom found a happy person. Even rare is someone who's content. Jesus says, come to me and I will give you rest. When you're weary and worn out with your attempts to win your neighbor's approval and God's approval, go to Jesus and he'll give you rest. He'll give you contentment. Rat, relax, rest in him. Feel secure and safe in him. Secondly, did you notice he knows your name? He calls you by name. One of the commentators I read said that there was this really famous person and he was a renowned theologian and he went to listen to him and after the presentation he introduced himself hi my name is two years later he still remembered his name i've tried to know your names because when we greet at the end of service i don't want to say who's it or whatchamacallit I want you to know that you're special in God's eyes, that you're special in Christ, that he calls you by name. The third thing, Jesus says, those who listen to my voice and follow me, they're part of my flock. They're part of the church. In fact, Luther in the Lutheran Confessions defines the church this way. He says, even a child of seven years old knows that the church are those people who listen to the voice of their shepherd and follow him. Wow. I, I love that one verse from the song where it talks about his rod and his staff comfort me and his cross guides me on my way. I, I just absolutely adore that. That we listen to the voice of Jesus and we can't help but follow. It's attractive, it's powerful, it's energizing. And we will go with him anywhere he leads us whether it's good days or bad days, because we know he's our good shepherd. And his voice will never lie. It will never deceive. It will tell us again and again how much we need his love and then how great is his love. 
So if there's one punchline at the end of the message today, it's simply this. Listen to the voice of your good shepherd and follow him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you have satisfied our deep longings, our intense yearning for a good shepherd by sending your son Jesus to the cross. May we always hear his voice and follow him. We ask in his name, amen.